map 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 the map report let my home back in omaha see if i can make it out in the world Got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more. Right, in that case, welcome to Mep Report number 111, January 1st, 2009. It is a new year. 71. That's right, and the Mep Report is rebooted. What's up, everyone out there? Those of you who thought we were gone forever, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> we're still here. Stupid. So stupid. <laughs> thought you could beat us. And we decided to Super come back. By being mean to our fans, that's our that's our job. All of our listeners, you people, are, are terrible. We'll make a uh, comeback and bite someone's ear off. That's right. Our comeback is the we're actually the angry report. So basically, our job is just to yell at you all the time. So what's going? I thought on? that was a Mike Tyson esque comeback where you bite someone's ear off. That's what because, I was saying. Oh, it's like a comeback, but Greg didn't get it arrested. So I that's didn't good. get it. I should have gotten it because I actually saw that fight live when it happened. <laughs> so I should have figured it out, but. But anyway, so happy New Year to everybody out there, and and the MEP report is back and and new and improved. Russ, maybe you want to talk a little bit about all the things we've had our EMU forces working on this over time over the last few months. So uh... yeah, so through an uh, unexpectedly painful process, we've um, completely revamped the website uh, in a WordPress format to allow ourselves to actually like write things and post things and update and make the website searchable in a way that it could not have been before and. Um, you know, post all of the artwork that we've done over the years, which is just a staggering amount of stuff that (laughs) if you don't keep track of it and it's not on the front page, it's hard to know that it even exists. We have all the stuff that we made over the years. We should like print it all out and do like an art gallery show. That would be awesome. That's That's a great idea. And then we should auction it, give the money to charity. The charity being... Yes. uh, Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. The charity being the Guberman and Wilson family. I'll get right on the the 503, the 50C3 designation, 501C3. That's what it is. I remember charity things now. That'll be awesome. Can we record uh, so, yeah, like so, a We Are the World song to go along with it to like add to the mm-hmm. start? That would be awesome. Could we do that, please? I bet, I bet Jeff would like to be part of that uh, <laughs> I that bet crew. he would. <laughs> I wonder what's happened to Jeff over the last few months. Uh, he probably fun. died. I don't I don't think he could survive this <laughs> about my reports. I know him and Chad and all the uh, all the all the regular stalwarts. So so anyway, okay. So the so the website's been rebooted. What else? The website's been rebooted. I have had a not yet another horrendous holiday season. Oh. Um, you know, I'm starting to believe. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but Story has this theory about the way that time works and that the same th- ten types of things tend to happen during the same month of the year because, you know, with respect to our orbit around the sun, we're in the same physical place every year mm-hmm. at a given time. Right. I'm really starting to buy into that because I've never really had a good holiday season ever, <laughs> ever. And it's always ranged from either just sort of blah, I'm by myself watching TV to, oh, nuclear disaster. 
Oh, oh, horrors, horrors! It's, it's not it's like you always... try the same thing every year. It's 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 different each year and disappointing every year. I only I go out of my way not to make plans. Like I totally <laughs> just go with the flow, see what happens, and whatever randomly occurs to me between December twenty fifth and January first is almost always bad. The <laughs> best case scenario is null set, where it's like, oh, okay, nothing really happened, uneventful, nice. Mm, maybe see, you should plan something. That's true. Uh, God. Maybe fate is your cruel mistress. That's so deep. I don't know how to respond. <laughs> She's so cruel. Well, you know, my mom has this theory that that uh, November is a terrible month. I mean, like, you know, there are bad things that have happened in my family. But to me, like, that just sort of gets into the whole, like, you know, the sort of nursery rhyme stuff. You know, never cross, on, step on a crack, break your mother's back. Never look up at the moon when the planets are in the wrong sphere you know like that just sort of falls into the kind of the kind of curses model where you know every year during this one given week like bad things will rain down upon you like even well, i if think you're in the people same... might say that disagree with the concept of it being a curse versus you know astrology greg and astronomy the power of maybe the physics of the gravitational pull i mean i think people would say that there might be some difference between concept of curses and the concept of so the gravitational pull yeah, is causing russ to have terrible holidays these gravitational forces are fucking up all my relationships. <laughs> Sucks. Like Gra- I'm gonna wear a helmet next year. And his I'm gonna wear giant electromagnets on my head every Gra- December and January so that everything will be changed. It might erase my brain. Gravitation is your, cru- is your cruel master. That's right. Yeah, that's I like that better than fate. I, I think that maybe they're gravity connected. is really if an new. It's not about really gods. It's not about fate, it's me. about gravity. Uh, I could fly if it weren't for gravity. Damn <laughs> you, gravity. Well, you know, because gravity claims to be this incontrovertible law, but in truth, gravity is just a theory. It's a very well-proven right. theory, but, I mean, you know, there's no guarantee that it's a law. So gravity's yeah, really gotten right. away scot-free, and a lot of laws are not like really that, actually. Yeah. I think gravity is actually God putting his thumb on people's heads and keeping <laughs> them down on the ground. <laughs> no, you must stay down there. <laughs> Did you just say that gravity is God pushing us down? With his thumb, yes. Yeah. With his thumb. As and since some... he's God, he can do it to all people simultaneously and all creatures so at like, once. So, like, gravity is, like, the man keeping us down? <laughs> yeah. And in point of fact, if you could distract God, you could float up into the air and <laughs> die in space. But, you know, nobody's done that on record yet. Russ, right. did we ever so... tell you the story of when I met Steve Hawking? No. Did you really? Yeah. And I asked him, when was this? This was... Oh, gosh, it has to be like maybe 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Before God, I knew time you. flies. And I asked him if he thought uh, an anti-gravity machine was possible. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you cannot escape gravity. Well, he can't escape gravity. He's more like well, in the... And then the funny thing is, is that I think he just, just within the last 10 years, he's changed his mind. He's done some new mathematical formula and now thinks it might be possible. And so we're waiting for a public apology from Stephen Hawking to clear. Yeah. Like, you know, I realized that um, I was wrong in my calculations and Clea was right. So I always thought that would be possible because electromagnetic forces are supposedly, according to theory, like way stronger than gravity. So it's mm-hmm. just a matter of us figuring out a way to harness that and we should be able to pretty much make gravity useless. There you go. Right. Or, we'll work for you. Hmm? Make the also, master your slave. Right. For those of you sci-fi fans out there, there's this great story by Robert Heinlein called Waldo, which is very much like a Stephen Hawking-like character, like a person who's disabled physically but a genius. And he lives in space because it's the only place that he can get by because the, gra- the force of gravity uh, is debilitating to him. And uh, eventually he learns how to use magic and gives himself strength. 
Wow. This is an odd sci-fi story given <laughs> that it involves magic, but it is Heinlein. <laughs> it sounds to me like Heinlein so. painted himself into a corner. He's like, damn, how am I going to make... Oh, he's got magic. Of course he does. Here, have some <laughs> yeah. magic. I mean, the truth is that natural law, and I think this is just true for natural laws in general have gotten a pass. Like, all the time we interrogate our laws. You know, we say, is this law just or not just? But gravity has gotten a free pass. And that's not the only one. I mean, there are other natural laws you know, that, that we say are laws, but they're actually just theories. And maybe a lot of these are BS, you know, like well, I, mean, I blame Newton for that. Obviously well, Newton had way too much. He was carrying too much water, carried too much weight in his little town. So people believed him too much. And now we just have this incontrovertible gravity I mean, law. And it's coming from a guy who wasn't firing on all cylinders to begin with. You realize the guy gets hit on the head by an apple. He's like gravity. You know I mean? Like if I got hit in the head by something, I would come up with something being like, I'm Superman. And you know, it doesn't make it a theory. All of a sudden, that was like, taught to all the oh, science kids. Things fall. I never noticed that before. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Apple. <laughs> you, there's got to be some guy who's like, but I was just about to write that. God damn you, Newton. You know, like, I mean. Yeah. You know, that's probably true. There are probably so many unheard of scholars and people who are just far more qualified than Newton and Leibniz and Einstein. But they just, you know, they never wrote papers. They didn't put it on. They didn't put it down on paper. And it was everything well, was obvious to them. That's the way I think it is with Darwin. Is there were a few people that, or at least one guy, had been playing around with the same ideas, but he didn't. He was I, afraid. Either, he he yeah he was afraid of, and also I think he maybe didn't express it as well, right. or so Darwin beat him to it. Darwin paraphrased. He's like basically what this is all about okay, is this is what I heard on the street. Okay. <laughs> the rumor is <laughs> there are these dodo birds see and. And that's why you have all these gaps in the theory and these missing links is because he wasn't first-hand information. It was like him copying it off something he found in the garbage, right. exactly. filling things. Wait, and that's you... why the platypus. But what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Shut up. I'll just tell them I saw it. They'll never go to this remote island anyway. Exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden, they go to this Galapagos, and they're like, what was it called? Galactico? Gala uh, Galapagos. That, that worked. Wait, the island we, actually, we've actually exists? been to a uh, Darwin exhibit in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and it was amazing. I mean, the, I, I guess it makes sense, but he was really afraid. Like, he was also afraid if he brought out this theory that people were just going to revile him and were yeah, going to... Yeah, he delayed it. You know, he delayed it because of that. And people had to sort of convince him, like... And I was just thinking about that. Can you imagine, like, we talk about that. We're like, oh, like, we bother story. Like, come on, story. You got to work on that book. And we bother people. Come on, you got to do this. Can you imagine if it's like, come on, dude, you got to put out that theory that explains all life. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, Why don't you get on that? <laughs> I'm busy. I'm a clerk. Leave me alone. I've got things to file. No, it's no, awesome, but, man. <laughs> but your treatise on... The meaning of existence. Nah, nobody cares about that stuff. And that's all luck, too. What if he died, you know, as a clerk before releasing it? Then we would have no idea what the hell we were doing here. We'd just be like, what are we, what's going on? What, what happened? You know, why do we look like apes? I don't know. It's just an accident, you know? Oh, we would just be bigger fans of the God has his thumb on your head theory. For some reason, when you said the God has thumb on your head, uh, my my mind immediately jumps to our uh, 11 and a half month old Cenovine. Because I have this image that that makes God a baby who's just, like, playing with these toys, and, you know, her, Cenevine puts, you know, like, tries to hold things down sometimes or keep them from, you know, like, if we're, if we're bouncing things on the ground, she tries to hold them down, you know, that's what babies do, so it, mm -hmm. it does, what happens if God is just a big baby, like, in fact, really just a divine baby, and he's just got <laughs> lots of power, and he's a baby, you know, and he just finds this intriguing. Mm. What if God was a baby? <laughs> Just, Just a, a little would have baby. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. 
a poopy diaper. <laughs> that's why your life sucks. And you know what that is, Russ? Every year right. you're having a bad, t- you have a bad time around the same time. That's around the time when he's pooping. That's probably so bowel he's not happy and things, you know. Mm-hmm. Sandine's not happy when she's got a poopy diaper. God so. is having a bowel movement <laughs> <laughs> during the that's, holidays. That pretty much sums up what I feel like right about now. I think God took a big bowel movement on my life, so <laughs> oh, man. thank you, God. So can I ask, so, so I mean, you know, I, I don't want to throw all this stuff out into the world, but of course we've done this with you before. So this this person, <laughs> I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. So th- because here's what I don't understand. Now, it's much the Mitsuko for a show. You're an, ex- yes. you're an extremely rational, obviously a very good friend, and you're an extremely mm-hmm. rational person. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that every time you have one of these relationships, uh. it always gets explained this way. I'm head over heels for this person. We say, wow, cool. And, no, you know, no, no, no. You, you have to start you... with, it's different this time. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's different this time. And we're like, how is it different? And he's like... Well, because the previous girl, you know, was wasn't crazy. The same, was crazy. Oh, but this girl is not crazy. It's not fair. And it does uh, seem God. like this <laughs> pattern. I mean, you know, uh, the princess of power. No, it's true. I even, I even could have claimed up until this last relationship that I never really said. Like, sure, I've had these internet flings where, in theory, the person seemed really cool, and then having met them. <laughs> They were not nearly as cool. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was mistaken. But at, there at no point I've ever been going out with someone in person for a long time and then proclaimed, like, this is the one. I'm going to marry them. Except for this time. This time I did all that stuff. And I thought it was okay because it was the first time for all of that. Mm-hmm. And then it ended in flaming disaster, much like many of the previous ones did. And, <laughs> and I'm left with nothing. I'm left with nothing but to say, okay, I never know anything about what's going on or how much I like the person or – how serious things should be. Right. I just don't know. I have no knowledge. I but, give up. But there's a theory, Russ, that you're like on, on the sort of trampoline where each time you bounce a little bit higher. Like each time now you've like been with this person, we're going to marry them. So the next – and now you've officially had a relationship where it fell apart, but you were with them you know, in person. Mm-hmm. So now the next time you'll be in person and maybe it will work out. You know, It's kind of like the opposite to me. Like I – you leveled Given up, that this, man. You leveled. This unfolded about four days ago. Like, I'm in way, way better shape than I usually am after one of these things. And it makes sense. I've just been through it so many times. We're like, oh, here it comes. Here comes the insane. <laughs> Turn on the insane switch. There's the insane switch. <laughs> yes, I recognize that. That means I'm going to be miserable for some unknown amount of time. And thank you for your time. I know how to proceed from here. No, don't bother. <laughs> I know I the door. Is. I'll take my leave. Thank you very much. It's been fun. I know the way. I'll see you next time. I wish you the best. All right. Oh, man. And we're clear. So what was the crazy point this time? Yeah, what happened this time? Um, I basically lived through the first 45 minutes of the movie Meet the Parents with Ben Stiller. (laughs) Okay. Wow. I mean, I can't believe, like, it's taken me four days to of smoking weed and meditating to get myself into a place where I could appreciate the context of the situation. Metaphorically to the uh, F to the uh, ATF people listening to this, of course. Right. Of course. But having done that, like I feel way better now because I realize how comical the whole thing is. It's basically like, just like watch the movie and then you will understand something of what I've gone through. Uh, For those of you who weren't, 
I don't even. I mean, we haven't had a MEP report in God knows how long, so I'm sure I haven't talked about this girl at all. So three or four months. I don't want to leave out any specifics or identifying characteristics, but whatever. I'm going out with her for three months. Everything's fantastic. It's like unbelievably fantastic. Like she's really cool and laid back and smart and you know attractive, and I like her friends. And I hung out with her family in North Dakota at one point because I went to a funeral there for a long weekend, and that was fantastic. And everything. I liked everybody. Everything was great. With that as a background, I get invited to go spend two weeks in the Bay Area for Christmas. And I thought to myself, wow, two weeks. That sounds like a really long time. Like a really, really long time. <laughs> okay. But like, I, can't, I can't imagine spending two weeks at my family's house, any of their houses. I can't imagine spending two weeks there. Like, I would go insane after two weeks. <laughs> and I knew that. And I was like, but I like her so much and I don't want to disappoint her. And then God put his thumb on your head. And I just, I don't see, do you, I mean, in retrospect, I guess it couldn't have gone worse. So, like, maybe I should have just said no and hoped it would have been okay. But I don't really think that would be the case either. So I go, them fully knowing I've never experienced a Christmas with a family before. Like, my friends celebrate Christmas, and I have no problem with Christmas except for, like, the things that I've ranted about before, like the materialistic nature of it. Right, right. The insanity and how it's used to fuel the economy, and it's become completely meaningless and all that stuff. Right. They told me that, you know, they do Christmas hardcore, but they understood, or at least she, the girlfriend, understood that it was my first time so that they would take it easy and have patience with me because I don't know any of the things. And I don't know how I'm supposed to react, and I'm just trying to be good boyfriend guy, right. get along with family where I'm living for two weeks right. and meet a bunch of people and do a bunch of Christmas-related things. So I'm like, you know what? I normally would say no, and I would normally hesitate, but I really like this girl so much that I'm going to go ahead and, you know, throw caution to the wind and subject myself to whatever they have in store in their crazy Christmas because I can do anything. And how long had you been dating at that point? Three months. Okay. Which is probably a shortish amount of time to do that, but I thought a decent amount of time in general to, like, know the person. Okay. Of course, everything I thought was completely wrong, but that's besides the point. (laughs) So anyway, I get to the house, which is, yeah, I know, spoiler, it didn't work out. But I think you've gotten that from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Everyone, like, clicks off. You're like, God damn it. So I get to the house. I walk in the house, and I'm trying as hard as I can to stifle a look of complete shock. Because everything in the house, short of major ticket items, like a dining room table, or a counter that's affixed to the ground, or, like, a TV. Everything short of those big ticket items is Christmas-themed item. I mean Everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, paint pictures on the walls, uh, coasters, napkin holders, things that you wouldn't have in a house, like a sparkly reindeer prancing on a table or a stuffed animal wearing a Christmas shirt on each stair of a particular staircase. Each stair. Different animal, each stair. Of course. Or like a giant Noel word that hangs on the wall or like floating angels or like 900 wreaths. These are all in this house the minute I walk in. And I, I'm like, okay, this house is inhabited by an insane person. <laughs> and I don't – I don't – and I, I mean I would love to qualify that statement and be like maybe it's not true. Maybe you can be that insanely obsessive and not be crazy. But I just yeah. don't see how. Okay. I don't see how. Right. I can't imagine any parallels. There, there's nothing that I can think of like for collecting something. Like, I have a good friend who collects toys. 
and like action figurey stuff and like he's just one of those toy nerds and like even he acknowledges like there's some unfulfilled obsessive need in his brain that even though he's a successful lawyer and he like does well for himself and has a life and has friends he also needs to collect thousands and thousands and thousands of toys and meticulously organize them and pay crazy amounts of attention to his toy collection because there's something wrong with him and he like he acknowledges that he's like He's like, I don't know why I do this. I'm an adult, but I have to do this. I'm compelled to do it, so I do it, and it makes me happy. And I said, so if people acknowledged it in this house, then you would have been okay. Like if they acknowledged you're weird, that would have been right. If they're like, yeah, well, sorry, we're insane, but, you know, (laughs) try to make yourself at home. Then I would have said, okay, at least you acknowledge that you're crazy. Don't try to be like, oh, Jewboy doesn't know what Christmas is. Like, no, I know what Christmas is. This is not Christmas. This is insanity on a stick. And and for a first timer, this is not a good start because I was like, holy God. I was like, so that China cabinet, during the rest of the year, that China cabinet is populated with items that are like on a normal China cabinet. But for a month or so, it's populated entirely with objects that are Christmas related. She's like, yes. I'm like, where do you keep a house full of stuff that you don't have up for the whole year? They're like, we have a large storage thing in the basement. I'm like, wow. And and how long – and I just couldn't – and I realized it's probably putting them off a little to keep asking questions about, like, the insane nature of what I was looking at. <laughs> yes, probably. But, like, I figured engaging was better than, like, just putting a smile on my face and being silent. But like, oh, that's nice because we all know how good I am at putting on a fake smile, which is <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I yes. can't do it. So right. my tack was like, let me engage them. And some they're like, well, we've been working on it for, like, a month before December. I'm like, a month. Yeah, basically get home from work. Set up Christmas decorations, go to sleep, go to work, come back, set up Christmas decorations all day long for, for about a month. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> they have two Christmas trees, like a formal tree and a fun tree because you can't do fun things on a formal tree. That would just be wrong. A formal yeah, tree heard, and I've, a fun I've tree? I've heard do, some people do that, yeah. Yeah, some I, people. Well, some people are insane. True. Some people and do formal. Some people, some people do have fun. I've never heard two of Christmas trees and nine thousand ornaments and sparkly reindeer and fuzzy <laughs> animals and and dancing robotic Santas. And I'm not making up a single item on this list because they were all in the house. Okay. And God knows how much they could have had like a Ferrari outside if they didn't celebrate Christmas this way. Like I'm convinced that they could be the owners of a Ferrari. They could say, okay, you can either be insane people or have a Ferrari. And there's like, we will be insane people. You mean financially, I hope, that they have bought enough to – right, okay. Not that they would choose one or the other. Like either you like Ferraris or Santa Claus, not both. Not that they'd be so insane that they'd build a Ferrari from scratch, although I'm (laughs) sure any mechanics – we're like so obsessive with that. They restore cars and that's what they do. And I don't know if one is healthier than the other. I'm not in a position to make judgments. All I know is like having grown up outside the world of Christmas, this was very shocking to me and like a bad omen in all kinds of ways. Okay. So, I mean, this was just fraught to use – my friend uses this term all the time like how things are fraught. And this this whole vacation was so fraught. Like I should have seen this a mile away because – a, like I said, I'm no good at staying at other people's houses, especially if there's no escape route, especially if I can't go outside and like be by myself for a day and not have to be with everyone every single day for two weeks because I just can't deal with that unless it happens to be like this perfect assortment of people, the likes of which I haven't seen since college. Right. So exactly. just for like for random people, like I really can't handle – Especially, like, if if the schedule that they set is mandatory and everyone has to do everything they say at all times, like, oh I'm really God. terrible at that. Really terrible. Does not sit Russell. Well. Uh, did they schedule Christmas carols? Please just jump ahead in the story. Oh Tell my me. God! Yes, of course they did. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like I probably enjoyed that more than the other activities because oh, you know I, you did. these 
these things are so ubiquitous that I've heard them, so I know a lot of them. So at least I could participate and sing along and you do know, that. It's, it's like it's like you wanted to go insane. It's like you went. I don't know what yeah. to say. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, here's the point. The point is like I kind of had an idea that this was insanely stupid to do. But I cared about this girl so much that I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe love will overcome right. all of this <laughs> tremendous amount of common sense telling me that I should not do this. <laughs> maybe I love her so much that I can turn off who I am for two weeks and then turn it back on and then everything will be okay. And of course, that's not the case. And I mean, she didn't see any, I wonder, did she, did she tell you that she saw any danger signs herself in that? Like, I don't know if this is a good idea, you know, this might not work out. Like, did she give you any no. of that impression? No, this, the onus was all on me, apparently, to come up with ideas why this wouldn't work. She just thought it would be great and wonderful, despite the fact that not a single boyfriend of hers in her entire history had ever spent two weeks in that house. Even the ones that she'd like been with for a year or two and lived with, they still did not spend two weeks in that house during Christmas because that's just a recipe for disaster. Like You should not spend that much time with your person's family when you have no escape route and you have no autonomy. It's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. Don't ever do it ever, ever, ever. <laughs> okay, other than the fact that generally this was just a horrible idea, like, there are other specific things that were driving me crazy. Like, A, I couldn't sleep in her bed for whatever reason because it was just too fluffy and I just – it was the pillows were, like, eight feet tall and my <laughs> neck was all strained and, like, I was just miserable every night. Cause and I they were sleep. Santa Claus heads, all of them. Exactly. Right. <laughs> sure, the pillows were. They were stuffed with Santa Claus heads, which was part of, like, the hidden fetish tradition of Christmas <laughs> that I didn't happen to see. And, like, uh, so I'm waking up every two hours for, like, ten days, and I'm slow. And, you know, I can put on a happy face. I can be cheerful. But, like, if you start eroding my lifestyle, like <laughs> diet and sleep and activity to the point where you'll start – I'll start to get on people's nerves and I'll start to break down a little bit and not be so cheery. And, like, I can only – even if I'm trying as hard as I can – oh, by the way, uh, this family's diet consists of – Cheese, alcohol, and pills. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that in there. So the spirit of Christmas. I have to live with a family who eats nothing but cheese, and like it's like it's living so the story. If you, if you cared about Christmas, like, like yay, it's time for cheese fondue. Yay, it's time for appetizer. What's the appetizer? Cheese and crackers. Yay, it's the cheesy McCheese omelet day. <laughs> yay, let's have a casserole. What's the casserole made of? Well, seven types of cheese and one olive. Like, great. That's delicious. Oh, Can we eat more cheese? Only, you know, six of my relatives have had double bypass operations, so I'm totally cool with doing nothing but eating cheese all day long because I'm sure that's fine for me. Like, so I feel like shit because A, I'm not sleeping. I'm waking up every two hours. B, all I'm eating is cheese and washing it down with white wine every day for... For two weeks and like I, I started to feel shitty like my stomach hurt and indigestion and I didn't sleep and I'm grumpy and I can't get outside because they happen to live on the top of a mountain and this mountain <laughs> what? has no what is the secret hideout of Dr. Barrow what the it's hell is in this? Marin County all these houses are on some giant mountain and there's no guardrails <laughs> on the roads and I've never driven there before and it rains every day so when you try to drive <laughs> down the mountain it's like looking into your own fate and death every time you take a curve because it's all blind curves 
curves with crazy veteran mountain drivers who go 60 miles an hour winding down the mountain <laughs> in the rain because they know what they're doing. And, and they're like, undead anyway because they live at the island of Dr. Moreau. So like, they... Two days into the trip, I almost got killed by somebody doing 60 up the thing while I'm coming out of their crazy blind alleyway like trying to turn onto this mountain road. And I'm like, could somebody give me a break? Like, everything is designed to drive me crazy. Like, how am I supposed to keep it together if I'm eating cheese, not sleeping, surrounded by insanity, and and trapped on a mountain? Like, help! Help me, please! Okay, before you go, before you go on, can you tell me what her parents do? Other uh, law professors. <laughs> okay. So they're like, oh, what do you think about the law? Well, I think about the law. Really? Have you had some of our Santa Claus cheese? Ah! So you dropped out of law school, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. I, I didn't think that it was the right path. I'm sure it's great for you. And to be fair, like, the, the father character there is like a con law professor, which I think if you're going to do that is the most fun manifestation of it because it's all theoretical stuff and constitutional stuff, and that's all in a value and not totally bereft of morals, and it's good. All right, so, so you've got I, these two I, ivory tower mountain people living in a mountain in a fortress. God, and, like... Yeah, they have a beautiful house, but I don't care how beautiful the house is. When you're trapped somewhere, if you're trapped in the Taj Mahal for two weeks <laughs> when you're not allowed to sleep and fed a steady diet of liquefied cheese, like, you won't be a happy camper. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love your girlfriend, but at the end of that, you're going to be like, I surrender. Can I go to a motel and have a sandwich that doesn't involve cheese? Like, please, God, send me away from here. And that's how I felt. And, like, when you feel like, please, God, send me away from here because this is torture beyond beyond all reasonable experience for for a quote-unquote vacation like it doesn't matter how much you like your girlfriend you will take these things out on your girlfriend because she is the one who puts you in this miserable circumstance not foreseeing any of this fraught circumstance and the nature of what it is so i mean and i was trying so hard like i was a little grumpy from day to day but then we'd have a little argument and then i would say okay i'm sorry i'll try to react better to these things it's just a little new to me i'm trying and we talked things out and everything so was, was nice and very what were some of the things that she that would upset her the fact that I didn't love Christmas, like any implication that I didn't completely love and enjoy every activity that was going on was extremely hurtful to her. Like it didn't matter that I actually liked her family. It didn't matter that I got along with the people. Like if I were to insult a Christmas letter block that spells out Merry Christmas that sits <laughs> on the china cabinet, to her, that's like me telling her that she has no value as a human being. Like she literally – and I understand – that females have this thing where they, like, emotionally associate with objects and way more than men do in general. And so, like, I've been asked, like, how can you live in the apartment that you used to share with your girlfriend? Aren't you sad all the time? I'm like, no, it's an apartment. I don't think about it. It's not like the walls belong to her. It's just they're walls. I don't, you know, if I had to have her around, I might be sad because that's a person. But <laughs> the object doesn't do anything for me. So similarly, like, since I had to make – like, you know my nature. I have to make fun of shit. Like – Everything is up for deprecation on some level. That's sort of what I believe in. So I'm like right. the most innocent, harmless thing that I can make fun of. I'm like, how about the stupid decorations that are hanging up everywhere? And I didn't like go whole hog and be like, hey, your mom's a psychotic with all the shit, isn't she? Like, I didn't say that. But like, you know, maybe I was like, wow, that's 
that's pretty intense. And she's like, yeah, we really love Christmas. I'm like, really? This is that all it is? You just love Christmas? Can, can I, I want to interrogate this for a minute though. So, oh, okay. Well, she okay. loves Christmas. Now there are many people who have talked no, about loving to, Christmas. This think, sounds think like she it. loves like, like the object, you know, like it's, it's no, it has memories. And when you love something, <laughs> you, you want the person that you care about to share it. But see, I also would, I guess maybe she's never like experienced this kind of loss before because like I grew up watching, um, Red Dwarf with my mom and it's mm-hmm. this series from it's this British comedy and I absolutely love it and I can't admit actually now watching it later in life that maybe it's not quite as funny as I remember it but like I you know I know all the parts to laugh before that they actually come you know that kind of stuff and and I I've tried showing this to two people two important people in my life Greg and my friend Catherine mm-hmm. and neither one found it overly funny and it stung but it was a lesson you learned. But I didn't go like, on. this is a steaming pile of crap. Like, I mean, it sounds like it the way she matter. reacted. It, no, 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 no. But you didn't react like that where you were like, yeah, well, pretty much you're a hideous human being for not finding oh, Red Dwarf hysterical. What I'm saying is because she's obviously hasn't lived with this kind of, hasn't had this kind of experience before. Normal experience? <sighs> like, I, it's clear, like, I totally hear what you're saying, and you're totally right, and I can see how that would sting. My favorite book growing up, The Hobbit. If you, you know, and we, Clea and I share this thing where we both listen to the NPR version of The Hobbit, and we have a great time, like, sort of laughing at the different voices and doing all that stuff, and I'm reading The Hobbit to my daughter right now, and so sometimes I'll, like, imitate the voice, and, like, that would only make sense to Clea and me because we've listened to it a million times. So I could understand if I brought that up and Clea's like, The Hobbit, yeah, that really, I pretty much don't like fantasy at all, and that's terrible. I mean, that would certainly hurt. But unless Cleo was like the Hobbit, what are you, a freaking moron? Don't ever play that book again. You were a big piece of crap. Why am I even married to you? Who would like that? You know, that's like the reaction that would cause me to be like deeply hurt in the way you say this girl is hurt. Like, yeah, I mean, unless you did say that, did I tried, you say that? I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, we were. I was driving home alone, which was the uh, the signal that the relationship was over Uh-oh. because she decided that she was going to stay an extra week. And then I was just like, well, I'm not going to hang around if you're obviously going to stay and you don't want to spend New Year's with me. So I'm going to go home. And thank God I volunteered my car for this trip because God forbid I would get stuck up there with her car and then have to like have her drive me to the airport or some horrible other scenario. Like my car was the saving grace. Like at least I had my car. That was the only piece of autonomy that I was allowed, and I really, really appreciated having it. So anyway, I'm driving home. She calls me. By the time I'm like 200 miles into my 400-plus mile drive home by myself, I was pretty pissed off. So then I started actually ranting at her on the phone after I realized it was over anyway. So like, you know, what the hell? May as well oh, tell no. her what I really think this about your, things. This is your double-down thing where you're like, well, yeah. it's over anyway. So <laughs> exactly. all in. <laughs> Pretty much. That's pretty much what happened. At that point, I was trying to explain to her in, like, rant mode, but still not trying to, like, being egregiously hurtful. I was just like, here's what it would be like for me. You know that I'm a Yankee fan. Let's say I had this event called Yankee Day where I made you dress up in full Yankee paraphernalia and you came into my apartment, which was adorned with pinstriped wallpaper and Yogi Berra mantles and, like, and Joe DiMaggio life-size guys and everything you touch, like, makes a Go Yankee sign and we played Yankee theme songs and I made you watch... We did this more than you already do this because this is exactly what your apartment looks like. (laughs) But, like, you know, and then then we're going to watch, like, uh, classic Yankee games on TV for 12 hours because that's the mandatory activity for the day 
And I'm like, well, you know, there would be a point where if you had to go through that, no matter how much you like me and respect me, like you would get tired of it and say, can we do something else? And the point of that was, and I think it's a totally fair analogy. Like, I don't think just because you say the word Christmas that yeah. like, oh, we're not allowed to criticize something called Christmas. Like, God yeah. forbid the no, word totally Christmas right. is associated with it. Therefore, all rational thought yep. and things that people, you know, think about are not do not apply to this like no like that's a totally fair analogy i have childhood memories tied up with the yankees that was like much of my relationship with my father comprised of yankee stuff and it's all very warm and fuzzy feeling to me but of course i wouldn't expect her to love that kind of yankee day because that's insane because that's insane and the way that i think about those sort of things is like you can have your obsessions and you can have your hobbies and you can have whatever makes you happen you can collect toys or do whatever the hell you want but the point is you don't subject other people to it you don't make it mandatory for other people well, you just ex- well, let me you ask for their tolerance or at well, least like, you gently well, kind of tolerate. bring them in maybe well but but the i think the issue here russ is all of this has been very true but but just all you have to say is you don't do that for 2 weeks no. I mean, in yeah. the end, these people were not good hosts. Yes, you, you're not, let's, you, you haven't been married for 10 years. You're a guest. And they, they should have at, at least at one or two days said, Russ, what would you like to do? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Right? I totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. And I would, and I would Somebody. say beyond that, exactly what, you know, I totally agree with that. And I would also say that if they want to bring you into, you know, this is the kind of thing, again, you bring someone into gradually, like, I enjoy playing games, video games especially, much more than Clea does. And Clea tolerates it, and one of the things I did was I sort of found common ground. She really likes Super Mario or whatever, and we we do that. But I would never be like, like, if it were up to me, like, Russ and I, you know, we really enjoy video games. So, like, Russ and I could play World of Warcraft or something for probably hours. Clea would not be a big fan of that. So I wouldn't be like, okay, Clea, so now for the next three days you're going to be playing World of Warcraft with Russ and me regardless of whether you want it. You know, like, I mean, that's just – that's absurd. It doesn't matter how important it is to you. It doesn't matter if your childhood memories are tied up with World of Warcraft. Like, you have the sense enough to say, (laughs) this is something that I will always like more than you. And it doesn't mean that we're not compatible people. It doesn't mean we can't get along. It just means I have my hobbies and you have your hobbies. And to make it mandatory is just stupid. And, like, why would you inflict that on somebody else, especially a first-timer, especially that, like, intense an amount of stuff? Just to finish off the intense amount of stuff just as a by-the-way type thing. Right. Um, We had to get up at 7 in the morning on Christmas Day. This was a mandatory event where everyone has to get up at 7 in the morning after being up until like 2 the night before. And you know why we all have to get up at 7 in the morning? To open presents. Because... Yeah, because the household is apparently populated with five-year-olds. I didn't know that. They all look like adults to me, like two adults and adult-aged, you know, siblings. But no, we have to get up at 7 a.m. because – oh, and by the way, before we get up at 7 a.m., the parents are busy putting milk and cookie – I shit you not, milk and cookies out near the fireplace and sugar cubes out in the driveway so that the reindeer will have something to eat. Like complete – Insanity. Yeah, this family is really a little bit disturbed. I mean, like, no, it, it literally no, no, no. is like this is infantilization no, 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 to a degree. No, no, no. Those are all things that many pe- people do. I mean, the, the question. But for five year olds, though. Adult families. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, that's, that's what a I was going to say is, is that, you know. They... There are no children in this house. There's a 16 year old. The 16 year old's the youngest one. I'm sure she, like, wants to get the hell out of there as soon as she can because if I was 16, like, being subjected to five year old rituals, I would go crazy it's possible that of course you know russ that they actually believe in this stuff that you know santa claus and the reindeer yeah. did show up and uh you know it is conceivable no, it's like they care about that myth 
so much, and it's so important that they like reenact the rituals exactly the same way every year that I don't think that there is any difference between those kind of like serious rituals and religious rituals. Like it doesn't matter that this family is essentially atheist or agnostic or whatever. And like, cause they are, they're totally lefty people and they respect all kinds of belief systems and they're not like Christian conservatives by any stretch of the imagination. But when you take that kind of cultishness to a certain yeah, level, they're fetishizing it. They're fetishizing yeah, the whole you, holiday. Like it, maybe it's not, I mean, it becomes like a different kind of religious ritual where you're worshiping, even if you're just worshiping the commercial aspects of it, you're worshiping it. And, and it's you're doing so in a frightening sickness. way. Like, yeah, you're doing so in a frightening way, like in a, Oh my God! Like, how can you be this dogmatic type of way? Like, that would freak the hell out of me. I, I, I totally yeah. understand that. So, so she did not I mean, take this well, I assume. No, she didn't take it well. Because what happens when I? You know what happens if somebody wakes me up on four hours of sleep? You know, when I don't want to get up, like I'm a grumpy person. Like, sorry, <laughs> I've been eating cheese for two weeks and being trapped in a prison on top of a mountain, and now you're waking me up on four hours of sleep after oh. I can't sleep on your bed anyway. So, oh, yay, it's Christmas. Why didn't you get me a whole bunch of useless crap that I don't want? That'll make up for the fact that I'm miserable. Here, here's a book on nose picking, Russ. Isn't that funny? Because maybe, I, who God knows, somebody saw you scratch your nose and they bought you a book about nose picking. Isn't that hilarious? Did no. Did they really do that? I, they really did that. So when I wake up after four hours of sleep and I'm like, it's a book on a guide to nose picking. I want to throw this at your head as hard <laughs> as I can. Like, I really have to stifle the urge to throw the corners of this book at your face because oh that's incredibly wow. offensive. And also, I'm wow. on two hours of sleep, so I can't laugh it off because I'm miserable. But don't worry. Here we have other crap for you, like a stuffed puppet animal dog that sings Frere Jaca when you open and close the mouth. Wow, fun. I can't wait to take this oh home. Oh, my God. Thanks. So they, and, they're that kind of gift-giving family that gives the crap joke-like uh, yeah, well, that's just the stocking gifts. Oh, the other part I didn't mention about their celebration of Christmas is that literally the mom buys Christmas presents for her family all year long. Like, every, she just yeah, buys things people do. Year long. Yeah. And they put it yeah. And there literally were 170 Christmas presents <laughs> in that living room. I'm not exaggerating by one iota. There were 170 Christmas presents in the living room. How many people? At 7 a.m. There are three sisters and a husband and then me. Five, and the parents seven. So, so no five, six, six people in the room. Six people for 170 presents. That's <laughs> a good, that's a and a small deal. Kenyan village in the back. No, no, six people, 170 presents, and it was like they tried very hard to be thoughtful. Like they got me a shirt, which of course didn't fit and looked stupid, but it was a very nice gesture, and I appreciated the thoughtful. gesture. They got you a nose picking book. How thoughtful! Yeah, that was anti thoughtful. That made me angry. So then I was trying to come back from angry to try to like, <laughs> you know, enjoy it with them a little bit. So I'm like, oh, a shirt. That's very nice. And oh, it's a refurbished leather jacket that belonged to your father, the grandfather. And I'm like, that's really nice. Oh, like, wow. that wow. was, you know. That really nice thing Did yeah you want that back and i really and that's the thing that i appreciate about these holidays is the sentiment like that's all that really matters to me is the meaning behind the celebration like the fetishness and the cultishness and the rituals i can do without and pretty much universally like i don't care about that kind of stuff so the fact that they were so focused on that and much less focused on what i thought was just like spending time with family and enjoying each other because we can't enjoy each other unless the Cirrus Satellite Radio Christmas station is playing 24 hours a day like because Christmas music has to be playing at all times and it's not enjoyable unless we watch It's a Wonderful Life mandatorily in the living room like the day of like 
Come on. And the only time, and the only sort of clue she gave you that this was going to be this was that we do Christmas hardcore. That was it. Yeah. Like no, nothing that's... like nope. you know we are nope. the Island of Doctor Moreau except Santa Claus. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> nothing like this yeah. is Escape from Alcatraz. Literally, we're in the Bay Area. And by the way, wow, wow. So. In addition to the oh, then other funny gifts, by the way, like in addition to the nose picking guide, which I hated. Um, of course, I had to go buy gifts for everyone, so I got everyone like a book from Borders. But I'm sure whatever I got everyone was not adequate, given like the bonanza of gift giving that was going on. And the reason that we had to get up at seven was because it would take literally six hours for everyone to open up all of their Christmas presents in this like marathon session. That I can't imagine how it can still be enjoyable. Like in the fourth hour of opening gifts, of opening <laughs> like stuffed animals and tchotchkes and ornaments that with frosty like who gives a shit already it's like we're gonna have to clean this up for weeks and like what am i gonna do do i have not everyone has a giant house to put all this monumental piles of shit into like my god what is where is the enjoyment in this holiday like really is our are our lives so bereft of joy that the only thing we can do is obsess over tchotchkes for a month oh. every year and hope that it makes it all better like really did they get to a fondue pot Oh, God, so much fondue. I wanted to vomit fondue at them. I wanted a pot of vomit to fondue up to serve to them. Okay, so <laughs> so you went through this with her on the phone on the drive back, and she was like, you're a bastard. And, and she was basically treating it as if I'd, like, holocausted her entire set of ideals. Like, <laughs> she's like, how can you possibly – I could never – ever be with someone who could say such things about Christmas. I could never be with someone who would say such things about ornaments. I'm like, okay, I... About I, ornaments? I, yeah, like... Okay, here... Like, here. there's no differentiation, because I kept making that point. I'm like, I've never said one bad word about anyone in your family, and I wouldn't. I like them. But I am going to say a couple bad words about sparkly reindeer ornaments, because I think at some point there's a little overload, and I don't think that's stuff to be taken personally. She's like, no, I do take that personally, because I remember that my grandma and I designed sparkly reindeer ornaments together, and therefore, by insulting a sparkly reindeer ornament, you are, are insulting my dead oh, grandmother. God, I'm like, come the f- on. Okay, here, here's my problem, though, Russ. Let's for a second. Please. Okay. So I have to ask a question. Uh, you mean to tell your list, the listeners and us, that you had no inkling that below the exterior of this attractive, intelligent, and rational woman lay the place known only as the horror of Christmas? Like, you you mean to tell me that there was no clue that this is the kind of person who would look at you and go... I mean, I could see Her head flips around and she's, like, you know, vomiting, like, exorcist-style, like, sparkly rainbow ornaments? Story and Emily met her. You can ask ask Story the next time we talk to him because he, he met her and everyone liked her. Everyone likes her. Everyone likes her. Her friends like me. My friends like her. Everything's fine until Christmas. Christmas is just an unescapable nightmare oh of such God. immense proportions that it will destroy anything in its wake when applied to this family. That's amazing. So you tried to mirror that back to her, and she just wasn't getting it, I assume. Yeah, I made like... the Yankee analogy on the phone. I was like, let's say I had a Yankee day. And then she's like, that's not fair because this is Christmas. And I'm like, exactly. Like, there's just some immune quality of Christmas where you can't criticize it because it just doesn't apply to anything else. And you can go as batshit crazy as you want because it's – and this is like the thing that I hate about Christmas apologists because like 
I'm not I'm not an anti-Christmas crusader by any means. Like, I don't care. You can celebrate any way you want. The only thing I ever object to is inflicting your shit upon people who don't want to participate in it because I object to that universally. Sure. Like, I don't like proselytizing religions. Like, believe what you want to believe, but believe it yourself and don't try to convert other people respect their beliefs. So what I don't like is that, like – yeah, like it's a secular holiday, but every fourth song is about Jesus as Lord. And if I'm listening to the Christmas station for 24 hours a day, I've, you know, I've told, you know, 19 to 37 Jesus is Lord songs over the course of my stay there. And eventually that gets to annoy me because there is a religious undertone when you celebrate the holiday that hardcore. Even if you don't believe in it, someone who has grown up like outside of that could potentially be offended oh, by that not stuff only that a bunch of people now are doing the whole you know put the christ back in christmas and but i mean to you know my there, there are people now who are sort of making a big thing as if somehow this has been lost and they're like remember the reason for the season you know and like you i don't mean joy I don't even, and kindness to your fellow man or do you like, mean worship jesus only you i know? think that's fine don't put it in my face you know if, if it's in a public space i don't need to experience that so do it in your homes and do however much you want and unfortunately, like, I was in their home, so I kind of violated this rule a little bit because, like, I, it was their home. So they celebrate it the way they celebrate yeah. it. Couldn't deal I, with I it. I just think in general, if, if they were either not so over the top or if they were not so self-centered, they would have one point, the father would have turned to you and say, you know what, uh, usually on tomorrow what we do is this. Um but, you know, I don't want you to get burnt out. You know, there's a great uh, pub down the street. There's a great Chinese food there. restaurant well, down yeah. the way. There's a, <laughs> like, no kidding, right? There's a game on, you know, tomorrow you want to go. And, and they would have yeah, said. Yeah, is absolutely right. He would have said, you know, uh, how about you and I go, you know, watch, watch a football game or something like that. You know, that's. Or she would have said, you know, let's. Why don't you know? Do you want to just go do something by yourself, or do you want me to come with you? And I mean, that's the thing. Is that is that what I keep coming back to? Is is this over the top? Yes, but is it also something that many families do? Yes, but where they went wrong, and and I understand that you couldn't say this because you were just so wrapped up in the specifics. Is is that they were not good hosts, and no. they were, they didn't bring you in. They went about your business and expected you to follow, but they didn't bring you in and help to enjoy you as well as the holiday. Right. I mean, it was basically like not just imposing the holiday upon you. It was making it impossible for you to contribute any part of it. I mean, like the other problem I have with this whole thing is basically what they did was all of Christmas is frozen in time for them in like 1970 something. And so now no new things can come in to sort of adjust it. So your presence doesn't change the way they imagine Christmas, which is mm-hmm. so absurd as to be ridiculous. Like on the Christmas level last year, for years growing up, I had an artificial tree. I always had an artificial Christmas tree, always brought it up from the basement, decorated it, it was cool, whatever. And I was kind of used to that. And Clea had had natural trees. And last year, Clea was like, you know, we should do a natural tree. And I'm like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought about it. And finally, I'm like, well, why the hell not? So we got a natural tree. And it was good. And then we had to clean up the needles afterwards. And that was fine. And then that was that. And we had a nice tree. And it was and it was good. And, like, it changed a little bit about the way that I understood the season on a very, you know, sort of superficial level, obviously. But the point is, like, I wasn't like, no, artificial tree or nothing. You know, like, that's just, just like... <laughs> This is ridiculous. Like, I mean, you know, we have, like, standard Christmas albums that we like to listen to, but we also try to adjust and, you know, bring certain other things into the rotation. Like, 
I like watching It's a Charlie Brown Christmas, but, you know, I didn't get to do it this year, and I didn't, like, you know, throw myself off a, off a roof. Like, the problem is it's not about Christmas. The problem is it's about the fact that anyone would dedicate any part of their lives so utterly and dogmatically. You almost want to be like, you know what Christmas ought to really be about if you're really into this? Why don't you go down to some soup kitchens and feed the homeless, okay? If you're really this much into, quote, the meaning of Christmas, it's not about with your rich-ass family in some mountain fortress building sparkly ornaments with your grandma. Sorry, like, it's actually about going out and, you know, feeding the hungry right. and helping the, the sick. I, I would have made this argument kind of myself, but in yeah. the interest of fairness, there was a day of going to an old folks' home to sing Christmas carols for them uh, so even that though is singing christmas i granted them i mean i mean the the best that i could say and i was thinking that exact same thing was like that they focus way way too much on the superficial aspects of christmas and way way too little on the actual meaning of christmas but they they do get into the meaning of christmas a little bit it was just the the superficialness well, was so overwhelming for me that it yeah and they invest the superficialness as if it were the same quality of something else like i'm not saying that we typically go to a soup kitchen on christmas day but we also don't sit there and like you know assassinate people who don't go Ah, oh, Christmas! You know the way. You know what I mean. I, I just, you know, in, in the end, I just think it's simply that they were rude. <laughs> they were extremely rude and not um, inviting. And it's also possible that this was all predetermined. Like they, they didn't want a, a Jewish boyfriend or like someone who wasn't going to celebrate Christmas appropriately. Christmas or it could have been. Like I don't put that past her mom. Her mom is like extraordinarily smart and devious to the point that whatever she wants will happen. Whether it's you know that you're doing it because she wants it or you don't know that you're carrying out her wishes. But like you are. Like that's the way that she operates and she has foot soldiers and her foot soldiers carry out her shit and that's the way that it works. And so if she had any problem with me at any point in the trip, she could have very easily and quickly facilitated a fight between me and her daughter anytime she wanted to. And her daughter would not have been aware of this or not willing no. to admit it. No, yeah. No, not at all. Wow. And so, I mean, you know, uh, for me, it was uh, ex- extraordinarily stressful, like, not because of all the reasons that I've already said to you. Like, I didn't sleep. I was eating crap. I was trapped, which is a big thing for anyone. But I think for me especially, like, I really enjoy being able to set my own schedule and being able to be free and do things that I want to do at least some of the time. But on top of that, I felt like I was constantly auditioning, like, every second that I was there and trying to react perfectly to every new insane thing. <laughs> like, if I, the reaction wasn't perfect, then, oh, Russ just lost a couple points in the boyfriend department, and maybe we should go shop for somebody else. And wow. so it was just, like, it was a big lose-lose-lose situation. There was no good that could have come out of it. I think having fights could have been resolved, this nature of a fight, if it wasn't in front of the parents. Like, But having a fight like this in front of the parents for the first time puts extra stress on her because now she has to deal with like proving me to the parents and there's all yeah. this extra nonsense that you know makes it impossible to work out yeah. despite the fact that it's one of the most absurd reasons i can think of to end a relationship that was that good but you know some people are just silly people in a different kind of way than i'm silly but i mean, but pretty much it should have been mutual right like you didn't want to continue with irrational person well no, you know, my the argument that I had was, like, if, if I can like someone that much 11 months out of the year, like, I would totally go for that. Like, that sounds like a good deal to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe that's a low standard. But to me, <laughs> if I can really be into someone 11 months of the year and then one month a year, it's total insanity, stupid land. Like, that's OK. I could deal with that. 
that's, you know, 11 out of 12. I mean, God, can you think if someone had 11 out of 12 qualities that you'd want in a person? You would jump on that in a second. Well, you're like, yes. Okay, she doesn't have the 12th quality. Fine. 11 qualities is the winner. But not if the 12th one was that she was a member of Paul Potts, you know, um, you know, guard regime. Like, if that was the 12th item. I think you'd item. have to think about it, Greg. If, <laughs> you would really have to think hard if you're like, okay, she's amazing, she's smart, she's funny, she's beautiful. We get along. We play basketball. We do all this stuff. We like reading the same things. And she's a member of Paul Potts' internal security <laughs> guard and murders people. Oh, man. It's so close. Like maybe, <laughs> so close. maybe we can work that part of it out. Maybe oh that can work God. out. And, and, and that, but that example speaks to the truth, and that unfortunately, the fact that that twelfth issue is there speaks to the fact that there's something else going on underneath there right. <clears throat> that would then be would poison the other eleven. Right. This is not however, an isolated thing. Me, however, if you Honestly, don't think if you don't think that's possible, Russ, you could always call her up and say. Let's take Christmas out of this. That was a very uncomfortable situation for me. I know you guys have all of your things, but you didn't think about my comfort or my ability to to mesh into the family at all. And I'd like you to put yourself in my shoes and maybe, one, think a little bit about next time thinking about your your guests' wishes and comfort. And second of all, maybe forgive a little bit because it was pretty harsh. Yep, I mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah, because I, I think, mean, I, I think with with something mood. that matters that okay. much to her, there's there's no way she couldn't have overreacted and wanted to distance herself as much away from you. I mean, there's been we've discussed we 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 know there's been plenty of times when you're in a relationship. I was gonna make it specific, then I was gonna try to generalize it, but I'll just be specific. There's been many times when th- something has been where Greg has upset me. And you just want to run. You just want to say, F you, I've had it, I'm gone. Because that's what, the way you feel. You're just so angry, so upset, you just want to end it. You don't want to deal. You don't want to have the thought that you have to keep, you know, because the relationships are hard. Yeah. They're really hard. Yeah. And so you, what you want to do is you want to say, I'm out of here. And, I mean, it's a little bit of a cop-out, um, but it's also, in some respects, speaks to how that the relationship it was only three months. I, I can't imagine that she would have, if the relationship had been five years, you know, and she had said to me, okay, well, I just don't see how I could do this. And you could say, well, you know what, but I know you can't, but why don't you be more rational about it? Because we have, you know, we love each other and we've been having a wonderful five years. So right. why don't you put your emotions, mm-hmm. you know, aside here you and know, let's think about this more rationally. I think the same thing at the point where she would say things in the fights on the way out, like you were the person that I thought I was going to marry, et cetera, et cetera. At the point where you have those thoughts at all, then everything that you're saying should already apply. Like you should already fight for that kind of relationship. Yeah. If you think that about somebody, I totally agree. And, yeah. And, that, and in that respect, it tells me Russ that she's obvious, unfortunately a superficial Californian girl. And I, and I, and I don't mean to say, I, unfortunately, Amen. I, that's just, that's just kind of the way – I'm sorry. That's the way I see it. The fact that so someone not. would say that I love you, but oh, well, I can't deal. Because you don't because like they, sparkly you Christmas don't, ornaments. Because you just can't go beneath your top glistening la- layer <laughs> down to the real dirty uncomfortableness. Wow. And the fact that you just oh, – no, this is the way we do things here, Russ. Ha, ha, ha. Why don't you just smile and we, we're being so nice to you. But no, guess what, family? You're not. Yeah, that's... You're giving me indigestion. I can't sleep, and I'm claustrophobic. 
from everything that's going on here. Let, let me just jump in and immediately say that my wife has uh, said something has been extremely impressive in the last few minutes, and I think that, that that's exactly symbolic of it, because, like, that pretty much exactly summarizes everything that is the truth about the world. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, whoa, I mean, getting profound, because basically, because she's, she's absolutely right, though, like, how, the idea that someone could make that state, what it says to me is, first of all, I'd wonder how many other skeletons are in the closet. Like, all of a sudden, we find out that they also have an Easter bunny fetish. And God help you, like, have more eggs, you know? Like, no, that would be, yeah, that would be um, it. Like, if we went to the, and now put on the bunny suit. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, but I'm, on top of that, I, I'm, I almost find it revol- revolting. I find it revolting. I think that's the way I would put it. Despicable. That someone would be like, you're a wonderful person. But literally because – not because if they said to you, I want you to come help at the soup kitchen and you were like, no, I don't care. I want to do the soup kitchen. I have a feeling – you can correct me if I'm wrong. If they said, well, the way we celebrate Christmas is we kind of like hand out Christmas turkeys or something, I can understand I, – I would imagine you would have been much more OK with that than getting like the equivalent of nose-picking books. So for yeah, someone to say to you, I'm, I can't be with you literally because you don't like – cheese and white wine and you don't like looking at sparkly Christmas ornaments like if you said that to any group of rational people nine out of ten of them would laugh their ass off and the one who wouldn't is the shallow California girl like I mean I'm sorry like that I I cannot conceive of anyone who would say that with a straight face and then look at you and think that that they what they had said is rational like it's just it's irrational from the word go which is another reason why you need to get yeah, off I mean, the West Coast either, now. But anyway. They would either say that or they would do what all of my California friends would do is they'd not call you. They'd stop calling you yeah. and because they don't, don't want to have to face face it. So they just would stop talking to you. And when they would see you, they'd go, oh, Russ, you know, how you doing? And they'd have a nice conversation with you and then never speak to you again. Yep. Unless you, they saw you the next time. Yep. And that's because not cool. you don't I'm fit sorry. in with the way that they're doing their life. Yeah, because you're not because you have become like a sparkly Christmas ornament yourself, and you know you're not I didn't, worth I it to them. I don't get that. What? I mean, the point is like Russ, Russ the person. <laughs> Russ said it before. The person is much more important, okay. far more important. So God than the is a big situation. baby, and Russ is a sparkly ornament. <laughs> Russ is a sparkly yeah. Christmas ornament. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> and unfortunately, God is a baby who doesn't like the sparkly Christmas art. No, I mean, like, I just, it's just, it's inconceivable to me that that's how they would, I, I'm really sorry that happened to you. I really am. And I mean, it's just, on uh, the scale of like, girlfriend eats an onion and turns into a raving lunatic versus girl is awesome up until the point where Christmas comes and becomes in other ways a raving lunatic. I don't see much difference there. Like an onion to me is almost as arbitrary, perhaps slightly more arbitrary than Christmas. There are a lot of people with emotions tied up in Christmas more so than onions, but like well, look, I not like that much more. But come on now. Russ, have you ever dated some a girl that wasn't related that's, to California? Uh, that's a good point. Let me think for a minute here. That's an I'm pretty point. sure that Nikki had no relation to California. Yeah, she was a Seattle, was Washington person. Same difference. Oh, sorry, West Coast. Yeah, a West Coast person? Did you ever have date I ever dated a West Coast? Sure. Sure I have. Uh, Stephanie, who I dated freshman year of college, was from Long Island. Okay. And she was awesome. I liked How her How did that end? Uh, it ended because I wasn't sexually experienced enough for her, and she didn't feel like teaching me things because okay. college was the and first time the, that I did is, that. What stuff. does this teach you, Russ? Someone blows up because you won't do sparkly ornaments, or someone says you're not having enough sex with me. Which <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> 
epic fail. Which one uh, would you prefer? That's uh, well, hilarious. yeah, that's that's pretty clear one. Yeah, that's good. Wow, that's uh. I'm just I'm just simply saying that it's it's like. Jesus, clear! You're like a sledgehammer today. I know. Jesus Christ! I can't take all this reality. I thought I had some reality to bring you, but you were realitying me in the face. Sledgehammer well. reality. <laughs> Be careful. Oh Sparkling God. Christmas ornaments do not I'm hold up sorry, while the Russ, sledgehammers. But it's just so, you know, I don't want to. Uh, <sighs> Russ, you're just a moron. No. Wake no, up and no, face no, facts. That's, you're not, an idiot. that's not what no. I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. There's a reason why I don't live on the West Coast anymore. So obviously my opinion is going to way and you know affect how I perceive things. But that's just the way I kind of see a lot of those people is it's like – I, I, I bet she's right now, you know, talking over teenies or getting a manicure and saying, you know, that was the guy I thought I was going to marry. But, oh, well, I guess we'll have to see who falls along my path next. You know, I just, you know, I, I left the West Coast because I felt everyone was very superficial and didn't really think beyond their needs, their, their surface needs about you and then you know i'm on the east coast here and this hasn't been easy either because here it's it's more emotion it's more depth it's it's painful but it's more you know, real you can though. at least you can at least count on the fact that someone would say to you you know russ gosh uh, it really hurt me how you did that and you were so just off the cuff rude about things that really really mattered to me mm-hmm. you know and then if someone can at least have brought some rationality to that. Maybe you could have said, you know, well, maybe, you know, okay, I'm sorry, but you know, it it was kind of tough having to eat cheese and sleep on Santa heads for two weeks. <laughs> 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 oh God, it's just so fun. Well, and so th- th- that's what I guess I'm trying to say is that I feel like there reaches a point where you have to wonder, then these superficial things are actually what's defining them. Right, exactly. So the fact that you put down the superficial things, you were putting her down. Well, you don't you, you don't realize that because, you know, to unless it's Yankee, but even if Yankee, you know, you, you still can somewhat distance it. Of course. My best friends are Red Sox fans and Met right. fans and like, if, right, if I, I don't put, take If I put down a viewpoint of yours, if I put down something that, that you do, you like – you're going to react, but you're also not going to necessarily think I am putting you down as a person and saying you're not worthwhile. And so the only thing I can think of is that there, that either she's not in tune with herself, she's still too young, or that was that's kind of what's important to her is that superficial stuff. So she couldn't – there was no other layer that she could go to. You were destroying – you were making fun of her. So the third option is the West Coast girls are hit by the... like that's what it comes Jesus. down to. You uh. you did the equivalent of digging up her grandmother. <laughs> oh God! Stuffing her in a Santa Claus suit and this is really disturbing. Dipping her in fondue. What? Oh my God! And then and then uh-huh. hanging her on the uh-huh. tree as a I'm a dead kiss. grandmother with a fondue head. Look how stupid I am. Blah, blah, blah. Why did I live even in the first exactly. place? Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Wow. Then, I ruined my whole family with Christmas. Right. Fondue, vomit on you. Then you <laughs> took that and treated her like a marionette and had her make fun of the sparkly ornaments. 
<laughs> That's what you did. That was the equivalent. Now I understand why she reacted that way. Thank yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense. Santa, pretty upset. Why would you do that, Russ? I'm yeah, disgusted. I don't think I, I could can't believe that. Yeah, I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. <laughs> How could you do that, Grandma? Oh, Grandma. Poor Grandma. Oh God. Well, Russ, God damn it all! I hate this time of year. It's so stupid. I banish uh... it. Banished. What Banished. I just think is so. I mean, I guess, I guess you have to laugh or you cry, Russ. It gives you great material, but my God, your first Christmas and you just go into like Christmas. It's like hell, Christmas Town. Like this. Yeah, it's this like is you not, went to Christmas Town. Like my parents. Like, like if you thought I didn't like Christmas before. Oh boy. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I really don't like it now. Like, <laughs> like maybe Russ, you Christmas need to start with just like having Christmas with us. Yes, because we do. And then are the like next rational. time you go, maybe just just you gotta ease your ease yourself into Christmas, Russ. Ease okay. yourself. Like in. like we put up the like we had Cenevine meet Santa, but then she, her picture is right below the Gandalf that you gave me. So like, <laughs> clearly, I haven't like put away Gandalf and brought in Santa Claus and given him a staff and a sword and you know like I mean I, clearly there's some uh, you know she probably that would be pretty would funny though Santa Claus is on your like coffee table thing like who's that guy with the I hat think who talks would be pretty funny we should dress uh, Gandalf up in Santa outfit every year. And then when people come in like Russ, you shall not pass. Right. Any Jew that walks through Any our Jew door. Just, you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one Lord of the Lord of the Sled, and he does not share power. Oh, oh my God, that is so oh, well. both funny and deeply tragic. I'm really sorry, Russ, that I'm you had sorry, to go through. The only thing I'll say is, though, I just want to make this one comment. I know that the sort of inclination would be that not only the year, but like that all people are like this. Let me tell you, having been married to Clea for ten, uh, not sorry, to, married for five years, no, been going out with her for ten, that while she's absolutely right, relationships very hard. A lot of a lot of work put into it. There's a lot of strain. But I have never in my life believed that Cleo was not real or not, you know, fundamentally a rational person or like not, you know, that Cleo's never whipped out the, you know, but if only you realize that I love above all things Cinco de Mayo and if you don't <laughs> this year and you must eat this live and there are tequila everywhere and you must do the Mexican half dance. Oh, no. See these Cinco worms? Put the worm on the glass. I mean, like. It, 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 I have never. So the point is, there are. And people... I celebrate Cinco de Mayo for a whole year. Exactly. The whole year is Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. You will come with me to my resort so on an island. The point is, there are lots and lots of people who are really just normal people uh, that are out there. I so like, don't. That. I don't think he's giving you, up. You just had a humanity. bad, bad run. I don't think he's giving you know, up on humanity. Greg. I think. I really think this is the last internet date of all time. I think this is it. I think the internet is dead. Which long live real life? Which dot com is this from again? This is the one person I dated from OKCupid.com. Yeah, we had a lot. We have a few friends over here with a good amount of luck with Match.com. Yep. No, no. This is not an advertisement for future internet dating. This is no more internet dating ever. <laughs> I'm going to go to won. bars and pick up women in bars like a normal man does, and I don't care if they're morons. At least they will be rational because alcohol is right out there. I'll know right away. I'll be Somebody like, it's alcohol. No, no, it? no. Russ, you go, you do like a meetup, or you do like a or, local or dodgeball that you soccer, play, or soccer, something like that. Yeah, yeah, team. Or you team. go to yuletide.org where you'll find. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jay. Jay God damn you and your thumbs and gravity. Noeldate.com. Damn it. Damn it. Shit. Here at Cheese Dates, we'd like to think that we... <laughs> Oh, God. Well, we have come to the end of an hour, ladies and gentlemen, and although it's ended and began in tragedy, we hope it's ended in humor. Uh, we want to thank everyone for checking in. Uh, the MEP Report is going to have lots of content now, lots of like you know recordings and artwork and all that kind of stuff and posts and things like that. So please let us know if you like the site. We'll have a new phone number also. We'll have new ways. You know, The only thing that stayed the same, actually, is uh, the website address itself is the same and the uh, email address. You can reach us, you know, uh, st- uh, Russ at... Uh, at MepReport, Greg at MepReport.com. Clea you still has to actually, given me. I know we have to give Clea the Clea at MepReport.com, and of course, um, you know Yuletide Joy, Yuletide Yulog.com, HolidayJubileeRoll.org.com. You can also. We've remained the same. What's that? We've remained the same. Yeah, we've remained the same. That's right. So we're all the same, and uh, the people are the same. But other than that, things are different. So please let us know what you think, and uh, yeah, check it out. And please, if you see any crazy Christmas Californians. Give them a wide berth, or they will take you away to their fortress. Say goodbye, everybody. Rocket launcher. Uh, <laughs> happy Sugi. Sugi, get it? Because it's lead speak for 2009. I really The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day away.